This podcast is proudly brought to you by Torched. Want to know how to grow your business with podcasting? Head to gettorched.com. That's G-E-T-T-O-R-C-H-T.com. I'm Wayne Carey, and this is The Truth Hurts. Well, Wayne, good to see you again. Almost uh, almost didn't make it in this morning, I believe. Been an eventful weekend, and I'll tell you what, whatever you do, don't listen to maps. <laughs> Have you ever had any trouble with maps or the pin drop or what, what do they call it? Yeah, when you drop not, a pin for a mate or something yeah, we'll like that. Drop it, we'll drop a pin. So I got dropped a pin on maps, and I was going to the uh, Lexham Footy Club, which is uh, about half an hour from Ballarat. So I got up to Ballarat early, mate dropped me the, the, the pin, whatever you meant whatever you call it, I put it in. I ended up in the Enfield National Park. Can that's, you believe it? That and, sounds and ominous. In the middle of nowhere, right as it's getting dark, there was mud everywhere. I thought, if I get bogged, I'm not going to get there. So I was, I was going to arrive at about quarter to six, didn't get there until quarter past seven. So nearly didn't get there. And I, and I must say, if I'd got bogged there, who knows where so I So you're off-road. Had no reception. No reception. Little mud tracks going everywhere well, through this national park. you didn't think when you park. went off the sealed road that you were... Well, I did, I did think to myself, I thought, you know, who would, who would have a footy ground in here? <laughs> and I tell you what, you wouldn't want to be the opposition coming to play this team because you, you definitely wouldn't have the win. It was, yeah. And anyway, I went... I went too far into the forest for starters before I turned around, but I'm just glad if I hadn't got reception, I would be. St- I reckon I'd be still in the forest. Some people might be happy about that, but uh, <laughs> I tell you what, I eventually got there and they, they were a great footy club. So I had a had a really good night, successful night. So everyone had fun in the end, but didn't finish up until late because I got there so late. Well, sounds like a good night still that you had a big night too for one of my mates on the weekend, Wayne. I'm, his name's Darren. Bit of a character down in Tassie, you like me to say that. He kicked 100 goals in a season, actually. You always tell him blokes about that. But he, um, uh, a milestone in his life on the weekend I wanted to ask you about. He proposed to his partner. Uh, it was a 30th birthday party, so uh, you know they had all their friends there. He was giving his speech, and then he dropped in at the end. He dropped down to one knee and said, uh, Lauren, will you, will you marry me? Now, I'm not one... That's very romantic. Yeah, I'm not one for um, you know this sort of romantic. public sort of... No, romance. Oh, that's a bit harsh. You know, Anything in public... You don't, like look, you don't look like the romantic type. Sorry, mate. That's probably fair. Uh, interesting to do it in public, though. Would you, how, did you, how did you propose? When, you, how, many, how many times have you... Well, how many times have I... I've, only been married once, by the way. And Sally, I, I never forget it. Akita restaurant, Japanese restaurant um, in North Melbourne, had it all planned out. Um, had it planned that make sure that back room was basically empty when I did it. Got there and then um, and then uh, yeah, didn't have the courage to go oh. through it. <laughs> what too nervous? So got right through the. Di- got, so where was the where was the ring right at the stage? What was it? it was in my pocket. <laughs> but I I chickened out. And then when I got home, then when I got home, I then I did it at home. So I completely chickened out at the restaurant. Did she know something was up afterwards um, or? Sally's probably thinking or probably thinks now, I wish you'd chickened out altogether. But no, she, <laughs> no we, uh, we, we still laugh about it today, about uh, me being a big uh, chicken. But yeah, yeah but why, why bringing up all these romantic uh, sort of stories, by the way? Oh, I'm just, you know, I'd like to see your softer side and see whether you've yeah, got that to well, your game. Well, I'm, no, I'm, I'm a little bit of a romantic. I like rom-coms. Yeah. I like you, watching rom-coms. You have said that to me. Yeah. I like sitting up watching well, which, which ones in particular? Oh, I like everything. I like all the all the you know, rom-coms. Tear up as well, Anthony. Oh, dearie me. Uh, wouldn't have been tearing up at the football over the weekend, although there, 
North Melbourne were pretty poor, but we're not going to talk about the ruse. It's just too hard to talk about for you. The the big one, the big talking point of the weekend was was Buddy, the the Sydney Collingwood game. Uh, I wasn't expecting the reaction that we've had since then. So he was booed by the Collingwood supporters mainly in the last quarter once the game was was over, uh, and. John Longmire put it on the agenda as an issue post game. Oh, they would. Why would they? Why are they building? Why would you boo me? Probably celebrate a thirty-six-year-old, wouldn't you? That's been a champion of the game. Why would you? It's been ten years since we played Collingwood here. Why would you be one of the champions of the game? Doesn't make sense to me. So since then, there's been more commentary about it. Nathan Buckley's added to it, saying, "You know, at worst, it's ignorance and and bigotry." What, what, what's your reaction? Oh, to- I, I think the commentary. I think Horse has obviously highlighted it, and I get it. And and coaches are so protective of the players, so I understand why. But I think now highlighting it just makes it a bigger issue. I, and and Bucks, I'm not sure what Bucks is talking about because every time I played against Collingwood, I got booed for ten years, and and I think it's a badge of honour. I mean, they, like you said, it was more in the last quarter when the game was over. So Collingwood know they're, they're going to win. He is a champion of the game. And the reason why Collingwood supporters are built is because he has been a champion of the game. He is a superstar. And and should you do it, you know, look, I'm not a booer. I'm not into booing. I don't understand why people do boo, but they have the right. They pay the money. They come in. They want to... They wanna, it, it, I just think that the overreaction is the commentary now around it. Like I said, I was booed. In actual fact, the Collingwood supporters used to cheer Kerry's a wanker. Now, they're probably right, but <laughs> but that, I, I got that every time you played yeah. against Collingwood. So you always knew that you were going to be booed and and um, and called names when, when you played against Collingwood. Richmond supporters would, would boo as well. Um, the bigger clubs, big support, big supporter bases, and... If anything, it, it spurs you on. I remember being booed uh, when I was playing, and and I, like I said, I took it as a, a badge of honour, um, and it it made me want to um, win even more if if you if that was possible. The sensitivity around this, I think, comes from what happened to Adam Goods towards the end of his career. Yep. Obviously, a proud Indigenous, and that's complete. Footballer. And that's completely. That felt different. like it had an edge to it. The Adam Goods stuff, to me, anyway. This is my. I think yeah. that had a real edge to the booing of Adam Goods in the end. This to me just felt like it was a group of supporters who were winning, and they and they just wanted to boo someone. It felt different. I don't know. I, I don't know if that felt different. Oh, look, but no doubt. I mean, Buddy hasn't been. It's not a. It's not a continuous thing on the week. Like I, I think the fact that let's not forget Sydney knocked them out of a preliminary final last year, and all of a sudden now they're on top late in the quarter, champion of the game, um, and and Buddy plays. But he plays the game in a fashion, you know, he's, he's a physical type player. So I, I have no doubt. Saw a couple of incidents where he went in and, and went in pretty hard. And, you know, I think I don't think there's anything to it. I don't know why um, people are talking about it, that it's some sort of issue, like like what the, the, the superstars of the game are not allowed to be booed. Which brings me to a little bit of commentary again around Nick Dacos, um, again, around how the Sydney Swans handled him and, you know, they gave him a little bit of a niggle. Come on. What if... <laughs> wasn't exact. I mean, uh, uh, let's be honest. Not it, really comparable to the 80s or 90s. No, or, and, nor, and nor should it be. But it wasn't exactly... It wasn't overly intimidating, I wouldn't have thought. i tell you what, he handled it very well. Didn't have the influence that he uh, has had over the last four or five weeks, but still made a contribution. And, as, and the fact that they're putting so much time into him... It freed one of his teammates up 
a few of his teammates got a little bit more space at certain stoppages because he came up. So it was it was an advantage in the end for Collingwood. But in terms of everyone thinking that the intimidation and that went a little bit too far, I mean, that's rhubarb. I tend to agree with you there. Damien Hardwick uh, has been in the news in the past week. Richmond not going uh, as he would have liked. Of course, they won the game against West Coast on the weekend. It was leading into the game. He, he made some comments about say it to my face in terms of his future. He's also got locked in this blue over Tim Taranto. What, what have you made of Damien Hardwick and his sort of media persona recently? It's very combative, wasn't it? When he said, you know, say it to my face. Like, like he was going to, uh, you know, if, if someone did, like there was going to be some sort of physical altercation. That's that, you know, say it to my face. Um, I, he's had an interesting few years, a couple of years for mine, Dimmer. We know that he's a, a three time premiership coach and, you know, he was, he was right on the verge of being sacked and then he's become, and, and when that was going on, as you can imagine, he was a very humble, um, I thought the way he handled himself, uh, right through that, that turmoil, if you want to call it, right before they re-signed him, before he's won these three flags. I, I was a massive Dimmer fan. You win three flags, and I'm sorry, but I've seen the change in him. Uh, just the comments and... How and, do you mean? Well, you- I, I just think he... I think he can be a bit of a smart aleck towards um, reporters that ask him certain questions. He he obviously talked about how much you know they hated Marvel Stadium. He just made some weird comments, and I think that comes off the back of winning three flags. There's no doubt about that. I, I put my hand up and say that you know in the prime of my footy career, I probably thought I was better than what I was and got carried away with myself. And I reckon Dimmer has had a period where he's got he's, he's got a little bit carried away with himself in terms of the way he's handled. The media. That's Al- interesting. Alistair, yeah, Clark- okay. Alistair Clarkson's done the same thing. Because we want to hear what these um, coaches and, and players it's, think. What is, um, what is amazing is it's it's the guys that have had success that end up like that. Mick Malthouse will admit that, yeah. and let's be honest, Mick, uh, oh, Mick, might have been, <laughs> Mick might have been harsh on the media right from the <laughs> word go, but certainly, you know, winning flags that, you know, he, he, he reporters went into uh, press conferences scared. I remember my first media conference with with Mick. It was in the boardroom at at Collingwood. I I would have been, you know, 21, pretty early days in the media. And you you ask a question of Mick and he hadn't seen seen you around before and he challenges you. But once you you answer back and he can tell that you know what you're talking about, about, then he he would move on and he... And that's the biggest thing with the the coaches. They, they, They don't want to be asked, you know, silly questions. They want, they want questions that actually make sense. And, and I guess reflect how the game was played or how a particular player played. And sometimes they don't get those questions exactly right. But I, I just I just feel, and by the way, I love Mick Malthouse and I love the way he goes. He's very entertaining. And I think he does a great job in the media now. But yeah, Dimmer, you can just see now though, it's just, you know, he's just tapering off. He's a little bit more humble this year because obviously the Tigers are not where people thought they would be. I love the fact, by the way, that he defends his players. I'm not, there's not question. It's, it's the man, the manner in which Say it to my face. Is the- Say it to my face. And by the way, I played against Dimmer. Come on, Dimmer, not even that tough. Oh. Like, I mean. <laughs> he was part of the toughest backline in the combo. Say that it to my face. You didn't like that Essendon backline. Dimmer couldn't squash a grape with a long-handed shovel, Dimmer. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Oh, he had Dean Wallace backing him anyway, up. Anyway, I reckon, I know, and it was directed at, um, uh, Corns, Cornsy, and I reckon Cornsy would probably take Dimmer anyway. Oh, have you seen? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he, actually, Cornsy's got to run around in the shower to get wet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's that scrawny. We've got some other coaches under the microscope 
Carlton has been a big talking point for a few weeks now, and we have spoken about the Blues. There's been a lot of discussion about their method. We know they've got a level of talent. We're talking about now their method and the way they've been moving the ball. I think people have been tiptoeing around this as an issue because of who their coach is, a champion of the game in Michael Voss. Mm. Are we sure Michael Voss can coach? That's the question I've got for you. I know it's a provocative well, question. I think, no, I, I still think it is a question mark. I don't. I don't think that. I don't think anyone that talks about footy would would have that question. Is he is he going to be a great coach? Is he already a good coach? Was he a good coach before he left Brisbane? He obviously then gone to Port Adelaide, done a massive apprenticeship under Ken Hinckley. They just missed the finals, obviously last year. We all believe that they've got the list to play finals footy, and everyone had this is the year. I don't know whether you've looked at the next. Four or five games. Yeah, it's tough. Oh, it's as tough. It's as tough as four or five weeks out of any any team. So we're going to find out very very quickly whether the Blues. I I, I think you can almost put a line through the Blues now. I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll play finals wow. footy this year. If you look at their draw. So the next four, uh, Western Bulldogs. We've got this weekend. Well, not we. Uh, on Saturday night, they've got Collingwood. Then they have who have they got following. They've got Sydney in Sydney. And then they've got Melbourne. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's, that's as tough as it gets. The question I've got for you is, because they flirted with Ross Lyon, and you see what Ross is doing with St Kilda. They've got a huge number of injuries this year. They're only starting to get some guys back. You'd say, on from the outside, that Carlton had a, has a superior list yeah. than St oh, Kilda. No, no doubt about that. I think anyone that anyone that analyses lists, you would look... look both lists and said Carlton way ahead of St Kilda and you look at the results at both teams. So do you think the results would be different if Ross Lyon was coaching Carlton? Yes, I do. I, I, I rate Ross Lyon as high as I do any of the coaches in the competition. He's been up in grand finals in time on. Okay, he hasn't got the ultimate prize, but he's a super coach and he gets a reaction straight away. And we've seen that with, with all the sides um, that he coach, coaches and it's, it's a bad effort. I'm not saying that Carlton, they're, they're doing... A lot, a lot of things right, but boy, I mean, and let's let's really let's really nail this down. We every I reckon about every scribe in the country said Carlton will play finals this year. Not too many thought that they would miss, and they were they're going to miss. So there are massive question marks around this football club, and unfortunately, a champion of the game and Michael Voss, who I absolutely love and loved as a player, love one of the greatest captains I think the game has ever seen. But unfortunately, this next four or five weeks is going to tell us a lot about Michael Voss and also about the Carlton Footy Club. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Torched. Want to know how to grow your business with podcasting? Head to gettorched.com. That's G-E-T. T-O-R-C-H-T dot com. They are going to continue to be a big talking point. Uh, another one. It was on your agenda. You've, you've put this on the agenda, this one involving... Well, well Tasmania, and, and didn't we get that right? I mean, I, I stuck up for Tassie. A few people were saying, oh, you know, they shouldn't... I, I, like I said, I love <laughs> Thanks, the produce. I appreciate that. By the way, I'm going to be in Tassie in a few weeks. I'm going oh, down there for my birthday. I'm just going down there for a little bit. Uh, what, like a getaway or a... Uh, no, well, a little bit of both. A little bit of a getaway, a little bit of work. Um, okay. And I'll be definitely um, tucking into a lot of their produce down there because, as I said, it's a great spot. But what I'm bemused about is the fact that everyone's talking about now who's going to be the coach. I mean, how many years away is it? Four. 
Five to the end of the comp, but they'll probably try and get Four. a coach earlier. Yeah, they'll that. get yep. a coach earlier than that. So, and everyone's saying the perfect fit is Nathan Buckley. And once again, Bucks, ripping, ripping guy. I think he's doing a great job in the media, by the way. Really good job. I love, I think he articulates himself as well as anyone. But let's be honest. Look what Collingwood's doing now that Bucks isn't there. All of a sudden, what, Bucks is the best option to coach Tasmania when, when I don't think he really did all that well with Collingwood. I know we, I know so in grand one grand final, obviously. I know in one year. Yep. He had they they had one great year under Bucks. And then you would say that there there've been a lot of other years that he coached that weren't up to where they thought they they should be. And I think McRae's now showing the whole footy world that if you well, very different styles, don't they? Both in the way they they deal with their their players but also with okay, their game so plans one, as well. So, okay, so one's winning a lot and the other one was losing a lot. So <laughs> So what if you're if, if you if you do that then what step out of the game for four or five years and then what sign you up for Tassie I mean that'd be a massive backward step I would have thought for Tassie Tassie's got to get a coach and m- might be someone that um, has already coached but I'm not sure Nathan Buckley's the right option given what he did at Collingwood big big call uh, some interesting scenes in the Gold Coast game on the weekend pregame Matty Rowell I saw some vision oh, I reckon blokes just do this he, he you reckon he's he like eating, that, you reckon he was eating grass what. What is he? A horse? He was rubbing his hands together, grabbing a bit of grass, sniffing it, and then oh. he ate, then he ate a bit. It's part, obviously, you know part of his ritual. Oh, I'd love to hear him explain it. I haven't seen him eat grass before. <laughs> I know that he, he collects footies, and he's he's, yeah. Yeah. he's a bit different like that. Yeah, he's a little bit different. Did and you I, have any superstitions at all? Student of the game? Um, no, not no, not really. I used to listen, yeah, listen to the same song. You know, <laughs> Billy Joel, Uptown Girl. What? <laughs> <laughs> You've been yeah. serious. Eye the tiger. I'd mix it up. But what were you shadow some, boxing uh, some, in the rooms? Like, were you? like I said, sometimes a bit of softer music, and yeah. sometimes a little bit. What of What was the theory behind that music? No theory, but I. But, but I remember Nick. Well, Nick Rewalt. He used to come out and run around the ground, and he'd run about four k's before the game started. I, I reckon that was all about look at me, look at me, and I reckon. I don't know. I reckon Rowley might be eating the grass just to get a little bit of camera time. <laughs> well, why else would you eat grass before and and sit there and. You know, yeah. I'm sure he'll be asked to no, explain it in the coming it's called, weeks. It's called, uh, it's called wanting some attention. <laughs> That's what it's called. Well, speaking of attention, now I didn't want this in the rundown. This this topic, you, you're you've you've bashed a few people already today. But you said no, this has to be in the rundown. <laughs> and we're talking umpires now. Now, what? Well, no, I did not say it had to be in the rundown. We, we don't have a rundown. We're just off the cuff. But I, I will say congratulations to Simon oh, Meredith. Oh, congratulations now. Jeez, Simon you... Meredith, 450 It's games. a huge effort. No, fantastic. Uh, if it, well, that's an unbelievable effort. You're given how much the umpires yeah, run. Absolutely. They, they run as much as um, any, any player does on any given. I know it's a little bit less now that there's four umpires on the ground. But that's an almighty effort. And the only person that's come close to him is Boomer Harvey. And let's be honest, they both play a very similar game. <laughs> <laughs> well, neither of them... You yeah, know. I know where you're going. Well, well, yeah. so, no, explain it. Explain okay, it. Okay, to get, to get well over 400 games, it's, you, you can't be playing a... Are you saying Bruce Free? Is that be, what you're saying? Yeah, I'm saying... Yeah, well, an umpire's not getting knocked around. No, I know Boomer that. Ne- and Boomer never got knocked around. And that's why he played over 400 and how many? 20-odd games. <laughs> What would Boomer think of that that I, comment? I I think it's let's be honest. Boomer didn't play like um, Glenn Archer, did he? No, no. Even right. though Archer still played over three hundred games, but he you're wasn't right. a Glenn you're Archer right. or a Paddy Dangerfield or a Joel Selwood style player. And let's they all played 
uh, 300, 350 k. So still almighty efforts from those guys. To play that amount of footy, playing like they do, is an unbelievable effort. I never thought any of those players would get even close to that. And Paddy Dangerfield's, you know, he's obviously still going and still playing great footy. All Another there. one too, Scotty Pendlebury. Question without notice, can he get Can he get there? I mean, I haven't actually checked what he's... But he's he's oh, closing he's, in on 400. Yeah, and he's in unbelievable form. He's playing great footy in the best again uh, yesterday. Um, yes, he can, but Pennell's... Not that he's... If Pennell's is inside-outside, but gets caught very rarely. In, mm. in traffic is unbelievable. One of the... Well, one of the best players I've ever seen in traffic is Scott Pendlebury. He makes everything slow down around him. The only one in the modern game that's similar is Bontempelli. Yep. Um, but he's he's a freak. He's a freak. And I think the way McRae's using him is is perfect for him and his age. But he, the way he's playing, he, he'd play for another he's three having four a great years. season. Absolutely. Yeah. By the way, we wish Brent Harvey all the best in his recovery from that. Yes, he had a horrific... Uh, Horrific uh, leg break, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So no, he'd be uh, he'll be doing everything right. He loves his diet and his his weights and all of that, and a little bit of tongue in cheek, boomer. Of but course, he he uh, he he wasn't he wasn't inside. He was more outside. <laughs> now, there's one thing that I wanted to bring up with you that has really affected me over the weekend. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty pissed off to be honest, Captain Morgan. As you know, I'm a I'm a rum man, a rum and coke. Um, Captain Morgan is my staple beverage at home because of the cans. Nice and easy. High sugar content. Probably shouldn't have too many of them, but I do. Uh, I went into the bottle shop on the weekend and I noticed the Captain Morgan cans were looking a little bit different. They just changed a bit of the the um, pictures on the front of them. And I thought, oh, okay, this is interesting. What's going on here? Now, I, I picked the can up and it felt different in my hand. And I, I looked down and I said, "This you, you just buy individual cans. Don't get a six pack or <laughs> no, anything like that." Oh, I, you're unbelievable! No, I generally, hey? I generally buy the tens, but this is a four pack. Uh, so the tens are still using the old cans. Anyway, that's another story. But I looked down at this can, and they've reduced the can size from three seventy five mils to three hundred and thirty mils, and they're the same, same pri- price. They're the same price, and so you are losing. Oh. For every four cans, you're losing about half a can. Every- you're, you're living some sort of life if that sort of stuff's affecting you. Half a can oh, per four God. cans. Come every on. ten cans, you're You've losing a can. I've got to take you out a couple of nights. <laughs> take you out for dinner or do something. If that, if something is trivial, I'm paying is that- the same money for these cans. I expect the three, the three seven five is the is what I want. I tell you what, being conned. If you want to know, if you've, <laughs> I've, I've been conned, and this is one of the biggest cons, actually. I'm not sure of all time, but certainly in my life, I, I invested in this uh, company called Firepower. Russell Crowe, Steve Waugh, Mark Rusciuto, we had some massive names that were, were behind this and invested in this. Yes, they, spo- they sponsored the uh, the South Sydney Rabbitohs. I, I think it might have been the, the Sydney Kings, I think they might have sponsored at one point in time. So what was, fi- what was Firepower? Well, it was a <laughs> – I can't believe, believe that it actually did this, but it was a pill that you put into your – uh, tank and it made you it cleaned your tank and made your uh, car go further. <laughs> putting this pill in, anyway, we all got sucked in and that ended up being a, a massive con. Hundreds of millions of people. Yeah, yeah. So obviously very serious for for a number of people I, I, that would have exactly right. A lot of people, but that's 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 where I've been con. That's the biggest con that I've. Uh, so how did that all how did that all unfold? So you obviously 
You got you got involved through someone. Was got it Mark in, Rashido yeah, or yeah, someone like that? Yeah, got involved early days. I, I'm not sure. I, through a mutual friend. And then you obviously expect a return on your investment over time. Of course. And then I then you introduce other people, and then they buy in, and you know it just becomes. And then you feel bad because obviously it, it, it went belly up. At, at one point, I could have sold out for a lot of money, but I didn't. So it went bust. Eventually. Went bust. Yeah, I didn't sell out. I didn't sell out for a lot because I knew at that time that it was not a real thing. And I thought if I if I sell to someone else and then they they're holding the can so to speak yeah the heavier can not your little light one um, <laughs> then you know you, how bad would you feel so I held on to them plus I got in right at the bottom so it wasn't it wasn't like it was an astronomical amount of money or, or that I invested in it but that was the biggest con and the fact that the the, the, the people that they had in it I think that makes it. You know, I think that's what makes it more believable. And I think that's why these Ponzi schemes and stuff that people get involved in it, they just look at names that are in it and they go, oh, if he's in it, it might, they would have done yeah, the research. It's a big it selling might, point. Absolutely. It must be, a, must be a good thing. But no, it wasn't. Went under. So I would have thought that's a little bit bigger than your um, Captain Morgan cans. <laughs> it might be a, a first world problem that I'm dealing with at the moment. Uh, but still a problem nonetheless. Thanks again for your time, Wayne. Another big week of uh, talking points. Yeah, we've got some big guests coming up too. Oh, some big guests. Oh, you've been on the big, yeah, on the so phone, I've have you? I've been on the phone. So we've got some big guests coming up in uh, episodes not too far away. I look forward to that. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Torched. Want to know how to grow your business with podcasting? Head to gettorched.com. That's G-E-T-T-O-R-C-H-T dot com.